right, all right, all right. Y'all already know what it is. It's your boy Cordell, and we are back with Third Floor Productions. Today, I'm here with the cast members of Black Men Missing 2. This is the second time around that they had this play, so I'm here to talk to the cast members and get an insight of who they are and why they're connected to the play and what made them want to be a part of the play. So first, I want to get your background. <clears throat> Tell everyone who your name is. My name is Renwick Malone. I've been acting since 2017. Okay. And Larry Newtall, the uh, the director and writer, the creator of this whole setup, mm -hmm. uh, I met him through a friend, and they had an opening, uh, a part. Uh, I received the script, and so I read the script, and the mm -hmm. script is actually me. What I do is uh, I work for the Shelby County Drug Court Program, and I primarily work with uh, young black men between the ages of 18 and 34. Some mm -hmm. of them are older than 34. The thing is, is uh, I'm in recovery. And so I've lived a, a hell of a life. Uh, I got stories beyond your imagination. And so Leo is actually me. Mm -hmm. And so people make mistakes in their life or, or things happen in their life where they actually don't have a choice. See, I didn't have a choice because the life that I, that I, I lived, it was uh, bred into me. You know, that's how I grew up. But uh, however it is, you know, you learn from those things. And and so based on my life experience, I'm mm -hmm. able to help and, and help prevent someone from uh, being in my shoes. Okay. You know, and so in the play, a lot of that is going on. People have made mistakes like in Black Man Missing One, mm -hmm. like Leo, he, he murdered someone. And now in this play, uh, he's trying to help someone uh, to not make the same mistakes that he made. Okay. Uh, Omar was a drug dealer. Now he don't want to sell drugs anymore. He want to get his life back together. He came into an inheritance and he want to help someone. Instead of poisoning in the community, he want to give back and uplift the community. You know, so uh, so the the, the 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 spot was for me. You know, it, it's me. I don't I don't have to I don't have to act it. I lived it. You know, okay. and I'm living it now. Okay. So since you said that you pretty much kind of lived the part of the play that you planned, what was one of the, um, I guess, most important scenes that kind of intrigued you the most about the play? Youngbloods, the character Youngblood in there, and he wants to go and uh, someone has taken something from him, and he wants to uh, he wants to go shoot somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, he's angry, he's upset, and uh, he's basically gonna make uh, make a mistake make a decision based on his emotions. Okay. He's emotional. Uh, and as well as, this is what goes on in the community. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we don't know how to accept things. You know, uh, we don't do critical thinking. You know, we don't understand, we don't sit and look at the big picture and, you know, and say, if I do this, here's what's gonna happen. You know, uh, uh, we they tend to declare war and their method of warfare is to hurt themselves. So we don't know how to take some stuff. And so uh, uh, so he's fixing to make a mistake, the same mistake that Leo made. And that's what we need. We need uh, uh, leaders and mentors, people who have lived experiences to, to help uh, uh, curb this issue. And so uh, uh, so I encounter Youngblood on the street and, I, and I'm talking to him about uh, not making the same mistake that I make. And uh, uh, I like that, you know, because as a human being, my, my motto is I want to help 
my whole life is based on helping people. And my motto is, what's the use of having something or knowing something mm. if you can't share it with someone? Okay. You know, so I want to share my my knowledge with him and keep him from making the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, that's the part I like. I'm, I'm helping uh, black brother's life. Okay. Two of them, cause if he murders someone, that that black guy is dead, mm-hmm. and he gets to go to jail. You know, so okay. uh, uh, that's the part I like the most. So since you talked about trying not to get young guys to make mistakes, I guess I want to ask, what are some things, what what are some things or some reasons why you think guys choose to make those mistakes? It's, it's deeper than what we see. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we've been given a history, you know, uh, uh, we've been conditioned. Uh, uh, do some people uh, make it beyond the conditioning? Of course, mm-hmm. but that gives the semblance uh, that, uh, Everybody's gonna make it, but it's not designed like that. Anytime we do something to try to uplift each other as a community, they're gonna come in and tear it down. Mm-hmm. So they'll allow a few of us uh, 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 to come up, you know, to give that semblance, but they're not gonna allow everybody to come up. But uh, we've been conditioned with the slavery thing. We've been taught slavery is our history. That's where we come from. We, we've come through uh, hundreds of years of that. We've come through uh, all those years of Jim Crow. Uh, and actually, they tell us we're free, but are we really free when you look into the communities? You know, uh, and I'm 53 years old and, and and we've been saying for years, you know, we don't have any ships bringing in <laughs> drugs, you know, and all these guns these guys have, you know, where is that coming from? You know what I mean? That's coming from a higher level, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, uh, we've been conditioned. Actually, that question, I can answer that question with a 25 year long answer. You know, because it's deeper than just what we see. What's what's one important message do you say that Black Man Missing 2 is trying to communicate to the audience or to young people or to parents? What's one of the most important messages that you find the players trying to communicate? It's paint a picture of what's actually happening, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in our communities. And one thing that never gets highlighted is the positive aspect. Like I said, like you have black men who made mistakes and then they come in and trying to, to help the community. So that doesn't get highlighted. So that, that's another message that's getting relayed uh, uh, to, the, to the community. Okay, well, that's all the questions I have for you. I appreciate okay. you, man. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. And you keep keep doing what you're doing, man, and, and you know, help some others uh, get a good message out there. Right. Thank you for coming by. Yeah, man, uh, Jay Absolutely. Um, it's funny because the first one, it was similar. I mean, basically the the, the message behind African American men being their rightful place, as far as men being in the communities and dealing with different things, with family issues at home, mm-hmm. uh, uh, co-parenting issues, uh, issues with the system, with uh, with the police or criminal activity, and having to find a way out. And black men missing. I think with the first one, we had a message as far as like a lot of guys who they 
were really struggling and had a lot of pain and anguish and didn't know how to really deal with those different things as far as in the household. My particular character in the first one was really centered around me being able to not deal with uh, some childhood issues I had to deal with by seeing my father murdered in the first one. Mm -hmm. uh, and seeing that face to face and how I carried that anger and that, that pain for all those years and wanted vengeance okay. for, for what it went through. So, uh, but it was a lot of that we saw in the first one. So the sequel uh, uh, has some of it, but it has a lot of more of a, a dynamic of how you're able to really overcome and come out of your situations of pain, anguish. And, and I've grown up so much from the first one to the second one similar to other characters in the play who, who may have dealt with a lot of different things in the first one, mm -hmm. and how now they've been able to overcome those things and uh, be better. I guess I want to ask, what was one of the most important things that you saw in the first one? Oh uh, man, one of the most important things, I think for me, uh, similar to uh, one of the characters in the play, I kind of can really identify with what my character Kenneth Harris Jr. could go through. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, my father was not physically murdered in real life, I know that he was, and a lot of part of my life wasn't present mm -hmm. uh, because of incarceration. Okay. Uh, my dad has eight felony charges. He was in the jail. I was, I was 17 years old. So even though I knew him, I didn't have a relationship. So I had to take on that ownership of being a father uh, at a young age, not physically, but I had to be there to my little sister and be a man in my household to my mom and really be take on a role that I really wasn't ready for. So I grew mm -hmm. up very fast. Okay. And Kenneth Harris Jr. in the role, I could identify with it because him losing his father uh, due to murder and him having three younger sisters and his mom, he had him really had to captivate a, letter, a level of leadership that he really wasn't ready to embrace. But mm -hmm. when you're forced into that as a young man, it can either make you or break you. And, and, and in the situation for my personal self, I, it allowed me to uh, have some issues while we're broken, but I, I was able to overcome it and become whole. Okay. And Kenneth Harris Jr. in the role is something I can identify with because he had the same type of path. Okay. So what's uh, one characteristic do you think Kenneth Harris Jr. Uh, kind of helped you build upon? Yeah, well, I would say one thing about Kenneth, I would say that his character, he is, a, I can t he can, has a heart. He loves so hard, he loves his family so hard. And, and one of the things he's like, he's just a natural protector, natural mm -hmm. provider. Want to make sure everything and everyone around him is taken care of. And I can identify with that. Okay. And so it's one of the things where like, but at the same time, if you hurt somebody that you care about, it's like now you want to leave and you're angry, you don't know how to bottle those emotions up in the right way. Mm -hmm. So the first one, like I said, he really struggled with it. But now he has more of a balance of how like, hey, I went through that when I was younger. I knew how to overcome that and trying to find the balance to be the leader he needs to be for his family and for his friends. Because people look at you know, people watching everything you do, whether you know it or not. So mm -hmm. that's something I can really identify with. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. That's all the questions I have for you, man. I appreciate you. No problem, brother. You're doing a great job, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. All right, man. Go ahead and introduce yourself there. Man. Hey, what's up? What's up, man? Uh, my name is Josh Showtime, man. I'm a stand-up comedian actor. And uh, I've been doing it for about <clears throat> about a year now. One comedian of the year last year. Okay. Uh, best up and coming comic last year. So just man, just grateful to be on here, man. What brought you into comedy? Uh, what brought me into comedy? <laughs> uh, whoopings a lot. Uh, you know, I was raised I was raised by grandparents. So mm -hmm. my grandma, and my granddaddy, okay. uh, raised me. Um, you know, my mom was in my life, but my mom was like my sister growing up. Uh, so, you know, a lot of times me and my mom used to act up and my grandma used to send me and my mom to our room. Okay. And that's just backwards because how can you go, you know what I'm saying, how can you, you know, you both on, you on punishment with your mama. That ain't how it's supposed to go. Uh, so, you know, I always was just a class clown and 
I'm gonna say shout out to uh, I call her my uh, my comedy mama. Her name's uh, Miss Latoya Tanil. Uh, one day I was at uh, I was working the Amazon delivery driver, mm-hmm. and I got tired of doing it. I was always at work making people laugh. I was like, man, I need to I need really need to do it. Yeah. And I ended up going to the comedy club. Okay. And got on stage, and I just been going ever since. Been which, going ever uh, since. which comedy club? Isn't that? It's called the Comedy Junk. Okay. That's what, yeah, because it's like Memphis, you know, uh, slang. So she called the Comedy Junk. So okay. I mean, I've been doing it ever since then. So was that like your first uh, gig at Comedy Junk? Was that like the first time you ever did comedy? Yeah, that was my first time ever. Just hitting the stage, just telling jokes, just anything. That was my first time ever. Okay. No, I lied. No, I did it at Chuckles one time, but I stopped doing it. Oh, you said Chuckles? Yeah, I was okay. at Chuckles. I did an open mic, but that was years ago. Then I came back. So okay. now I lied. I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about your first experiences doing comedy. Like, were you nervous? How did it make you feel uh, breaking out into the space? I had a joke. Uh, it was about a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just, it was a very inappropriate joke. But yeah. I didn't know, you know, because I'm, I'm learning. I'm trying to get into it. And the lady threw a chicken wing at me. <laughs> and I was, you know what I'm saying? And But me being me, you know, yeah. I love to eat. So I grabbed it and ate it. <laughs> but I'm thinking it's on funny. Stage. And they booed me off stage. Oh, they booed me, yeah, they booed me off stage. They booed oh, me off stage. Yeah. My first open mic. And, oh. um, I, but, you know, it was crazy because it was an open mic. I didn't think you get booed at open mic. I thought you get booed at shows. Yeah. So uh, I remember the lady, Victoria uh, <laughs> Neal, she's like, you, she, you need to work. You need to stop. You know, she used other words, but she said, you need to stop doing this and doing that and take it serious. Mm-hmm. And I just been, man, just on it ever since then. Okay. On it. How did you see yourself as a comic connect to this play? What, I would say for me, um, I won't say the characters like me because, well, I would say it is because I'm really a thug. You know, so I'm really a thug. And he got me playing a thug in the play. Okay. And, you know, I, I always appreciate him because I, I, you know, when you see me, I, people scared of me for real. I'm, <laughs> I'm playing. But now, uh, for a funny story, uh, I called him Night Forever Jay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he know he came to my shows and um, he was like, hey, man. You doing acting? I was like, yeah. You know, I want to really get into it. And uh, he was like, hey, it's a it's a part coming up, and it's play I'm doing at the Orpheum. Okay. I was like, for real? He's like, yeah, come to the rehearsal. I was like, okay. And uh, man, I met these amazing cast. They welcomed me with open arms. And uh, he told me he was like, uh, he's like, man, you gonna be MA three? I was like, MA three? I'm in jail. <laughs> so and I did it. I was so nervous, man. They don't even know I was so nervous because uh, you know this is my second play. I haven't been doing this.
you know, I know people do a lot of things, uh, you know, and life happens, I understand it, but for me being young and black, man, I feel like, uh, man, we need to set an example for the other young people that's watching us, because one thing I have learned, people watch, everybody's watching, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So whatever you're doing, singing, poetry, dancing, whatever you're doing, people are watching you, and people look up to you. So mm -hmm. I would say just, I would, to my young brothers of my age in the 20s, man, let's just be a great example. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I know, you know, parents been in our life and parents is not. Mm -hmm. But the people, the people that, that were in our life, they talk, everybody, I feel like some people got home training. You just choose to do what you want to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, I hate seeing uh, a young black man putting his mom through things, knowing what he's doing. I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. So I would just say, man, just do right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's another thing going on in the world, man. Let's just do right and have our parents actually proud of us people look up to us, man, because we're the next generation. Mm -hmm. So we, we have to lead by example. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't, we don't want to be followers, we want to be leaders. So that's, that's always my biggest thing to push that. Okay. All right, man. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate it, bro. Appreciate you, bro.